Hello and welcome to episode 119 of The Pen Addict on Relay FM. This episode is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts for a free trial. Visit lynda.com slash penaddict. It's also sponsored by Studio Neat, makers of the Glyph, the Cosmonaut, and the Neat Ice Kit, and our friends at Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined, as I always am, by Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hello, Brad. Hey, man. How are you, sir? I am very well. How are you? Good, good. I really like how you uh, did the advertisers at the, at the beginning. That was really original of you. That was a good job. <clears throat> I have absolutely <laughs> nothing to say about oh. that. Well, uh, I thought that was excellent, Mike. Good job. Thank good you. Good job by you. Thanks, So <laughs> You may have heard a, 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 another little chuckle in the background. That is our friend, writer, author, musician, scholar, Mr. J. Robert Lennon, otherwise known as John. What's <laughs> hey up, guys. John? I don't think anyone's ever called me a scholar before. Well, uh, I, you're, you're a teacher, right? Uh, as, they, you do so much. Why don't you tell everyone what you do exactly? <laughs> I, I, the uh, list is too long. I couldn't fit it on the page. What I do for a job is I teach writing at a college, uh, which I like very much. But uh, I, I like to think of myself mostly as a novelist, a fiction writer. And, uh, and in order to make the fiction, I have to write. So I'm into pens and notebooks. Yeah, and I think that's how... You and I first kind of came together on Twitter. I don't even remember the first uh, conversation we had, but it was it was probably a year, year and a half ago, something like that. And mm-hmm. I don't know, we just um, kind of crossed each other's paths, and uh, I pretty much fell in Twitter love with you and uh, follow Aww. every word you say uh, hilariously. <laughs> um, I I don't know, you're one of my favorite follows and one of my one of my favorite people to follow online. So I'm really really excited that you uh, joined us today. So thank you very much. Thank you too. Likewise with both you guys, I enjoy your uh, your Twitter manifestations very much. And I think what happened was, uh, I last year um, a couple of new pens came into my life. I've been sort of dormant with my preoccupation with pens and notebooks, and I started googling about them and realized this whole uh, pen and, and office supplies community had kind of sprung up when I wasn't paying attention. And then I found <laughs> found you guys, and I already knew uh, Mike's podcast, so. I started listening and I thought, oh man, I'm never going to, I'm never going to even get through this hour of a couple of guys talking about pens. <laughs> pretty soon I was like downloading dozens of back issues. That's how it gets everyone. So, yeah. so try, try not to feel too bad. Yeah, it's the truth. I mean, people don't, I mean, even we don't understand like how it happened at first. We're like, eh, there's, especially me, I was pretty down on it. I was like, there's no way this is going to work. And then I don't know. People listen, so we'll we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm so, delighted to be uh, to be on my favorite podcast. This is great. We're excited to have you, and we're going to talk about all the things that you're into. Um, definitely, as we go through this episode, um, we do have a couple of bits of follow up, and um, uh. Mike. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike. <laughs> See, this is why I can never do topic moratoriums, because <laughs> as much as I don't want to talk about the scribble, we have to, because once again, the funding platform that they chose this time, Tilt, has seen fit to shut the project down. So I, I don't know if we need like a cheer laugh track, uh, cheer soundtrack, <laughs> soundboard. I don't, in, in I the don't, background, I, I but don't it doesn't have a cheer to hand. Yeah, Sorry. it doesn't really make me happy. I mean, there's no cheering that no. should be done for this. I mean, it's just it, Scribble continues to dig their own grave. I mean, that's the best thing I can say about this. It's it's the onus is completely on Scribble, and they continually 
fail. And this time, Tilt has shut them down, um, refunding everyone's money. Um, it's still amazing, though, how many people just chime in and say, you know, oh, I can't believe it failed again. I really, this is like my dream pen. And I was like, I, I wish, can I talk some sense into you just for a minute? And um, so, yeah, we wanted to bring that up. But John, how many how many scribbles did you have pre-ordered? <laughs> I man, I uh, I had I had uh, I'd sold one of one of our many uh, sports cars to afford. The, <laughs> no, I, I I was disappointed because I you know I think like a lot of people I want it to be real. You know, it seems like a, a technologically fascinating idea. It would be great if they could make it happen, even if they, it was in a you know as uh, embryonic a stage as it seemed to have been. If they had just sort of been above board and honest about the status of the project people would have gotten behind them and been really into helping them but it just seemed so bsy all along yeah that's that's exactly right and you know it's not i'm not happy to keep talking about this and happy to keep talking about how bad of a job they've done i would rather them be hugely successful and have a great product and we can talk about that but when they just continually shoot themselves in the foot it's just um it's it's disappointing and it's kind of a uh it's, it's a definite black eye on them as a company. So they're taking their project private, whatever that means. So hopefully um, we won't hear from them again for quite a while, but I'm sure some some magic will happen and it will live once again, rise from the ashes. So yeah, we'll so see. They're saying that they're going to try and do like private funding. I mean, I'm really interested to find out if they get any of that. Cause, I mean, if I'm going to be putting my own cash into this to fund a company, I'm going to kind of want to see a working prototype. And it's like this interesting thing again, right? They're like, we don't know why this happened. But Tilt was like, we just, we said to them, <laughs> show us a video or we'll come and see it. But like, just give us the product to look at. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ah, nobody asked us anything. But we, we gave you this photograph of us poking an orange with a tube. <laughs> I mean, what <laughs> else do you want? I mean, yeah. you remember, if anybody listening from last week will remember that we said in the blog comments on Dropkicker, who had another great write-up about this, there was someone from Tilt who said, we're looking into this. And then less than a week later, they're like, nah, not happening. Not happening at all. So anyway, so we'll uh, we'll stick a fork in that, at least for now. And um, who knows, though. They'll have some pretend backing here uh, before too long, I'm sure, and we'll have to ramble on about it again. So, um, Making almost as many consecutive podcast uh, episode mentions as the Scribble is this uh, amazing Italifine uh, nib grind that uh, Mike is lusting over. So Dan Foster was who sent it out to us um, originally when we were talking about perfect pairings, and then I brought it up back last week because I'd made a mistake in talking about it. Well, now Dan has gone and done a wonderful blog post on this Italifine nib. And Mike, have you seen the close-up of the nib grind? It is pretty fascinating. No, let me go and look at this. So we're going to have all this uh, in the show notes. We'll have a link to uh, Dan Foster's blog where he did a review of his Italifine Pilot Vanishing Point. I was pretty... I mean, I think it's an amazing look and style. I didn't think it was for me. But when I look at what his nib actually looks like, it's rather impressive. I'm and looking at it now. It's quite, it's quite lovely. It, it, it looks like they would they have started with a broad and then just sort of. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Ground it down to. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And when I read Richard Bender's kind of evolution of this nib, he talks about how there's a specific order he has to grind the tipping on the nib to get it to come out this way. And yeah, I imagine it would start out with something like a broad. Um, 
it's in theory it makes sense it's abroad right because then you've got the most mm-hmm. space to work with right sure. right like this is but, awesome um, looking like i didn't think it would look this good like this not this good but like this legitimate i thought it would be kind of janky and not necessarily useful like you can turn a lot of fountain pens over and write but you know they're not that great this looks like a legitimate two nib system it, it's pretty cool yeah so it's like it yeah, it's kind of stretches out, but like the reed is kind of th- thinner on one, like it's sort of angled to the other side, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very, very yeah. peculiar. Looking. I'd like to see more photos of it. Yeah. So, uh, Dan, thanks for doing this post, and yeah. um, we we really appreciate it getting some more info, and it was definitely a a good learning experience, which is one of the most awesome things about doing this blog and writing a podcast like this. You learn about things that you didn't think were were possible at all, and and you see something like this, and you're like kind of jaw dropping so whereas that wasn't on my radar before i i gotta admit i'm i'm that's not gonna happen for me anytime soon but i'm not opposed to getting that one one year if uh if uh richard bender still actually does it who knows on the kickstarter front i got several tweets to me about a new project that launched called the takumi pen Mm, i saw this too um it's they they tout it as the first length adjustable pen in the world and i'm not crazy about that terminology because they don't go on to explain it very well i had to read it several times to understand what they mean but basically the tip area of the pen is actually adjustable like it can screw in and out from like a five millimeter length to a 15 millimeter length, I believe is what the measurements were. Um, it's an interesting idea that gives it the ability to fit a wide range of refills because they can go longer and shorter. Also with, you know, you're going to have to have some spacers and some backing up in the barrel, um, which is fine, but it gives you a a decent range of refills to write with. They actually emailed me right after the project launched. Um and I said, yeah, the pen looks good. And I, I've gone ahead and backed it. I backed just one of the standard ones. Um, I thought the uh, the color ones were a little bit expensive because I'm not I'm not totally crazy about the pen. I don't really love the clip. But they emailed me and said, hey, you know, would you are you interested in checking out this pen? And I said, yeah. Do you have any review samples? And that was like a week later, and I've never heard back from them. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the pen looks fine. It's not a knock my socks off type of pen. But I wanted to go ahead and back it just to kind of see how this adjustableness works. I don't get it, man. I I, yeah. I don't understand it. I don't. I'm being honest. I don't even know why you backed it. Like what? Yeah. So I don't know. I just want to see how this. So if you go down, God, about halfway down the page, there's an image that shows three uh, tips. There's a and it says first adjustable pin worldwide and it says 5 to 15 millimeter head adjustment capability and you can see how it expands from longer to shorter in that range so we'll see i'm not like super hype about this pen it seems like just a pen and i don't know maybe i'll end up backing off of it at the end but you know 45 bucks i'll give it a shot and just see um i had a few people asking about it i'm trying to get a review sample but they haven't really uh they haven't gotten back to me on it so that would be nice to see. Oh, well, you should have, you should have waited to back it. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you backed it. Why give you the review sample? They got you yeah, hard-earned cash. They well, got, they don't they know your that... space credits, buddy. That's right. They don't know that I've backed it, so. <laughs> but yes, my space credits are, are in their virtual wallets now. Do they not so. know? I mean, you you must know. Do you not find out? The, surely you find out the names of the people that are backed. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You do. So they prob- But I don't know if they put two and two together. Mm. I mean, they have, they have a, a plethora of backers so far. I mean, it's already met its goal. Like at twenty two grand, something 22 like that. Twenty two grand, already for a goal of seven thousand is not a lot. Mm-mm. No, it's a pretty simple pen, other than the the screw tip thing thingy. So, hmm. who knows? It's uh okay. It's nothing stunning. So we'll see. I may even drop out because it's it doesn't thrill me. But we'll see. I might keep it. All right, so. We got a couple more follow-up items before we get to John, but I think we want to get to our first sponsor of the day, which I'm pretty excited about, Mike. Sounds like a good idea to me, Mr. Dowdy. Our first sponsor today is lynda.com, who are an easy and affordable way to help individuals and organizations learn. You can instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on software, web development, graphic design, and so much more. lynda.com works directly with experts in their respective fields. They make sure that they're working with individuals and software companies themselves. So they're making sure they've got awesome content that is created by people that have a true passion for things like photography, web development, app design, that sort of stuff. And they also work directly with software companies as well to make sure that they're getting timely training up about specific products like the Creative Cloud, for example, on the same day as new versions or releases hit the market. So you're always up to speed with new stuff. All of their courses are produced at the highest quality. They're not like homemade videos that somebody's using from their iPhone to record their MacBook screen. These people are in professional studios, they have professional equipment all around them, and it just shows just how professional they really are. They have fantastic tools that include searchable transcripts, playlist creation, and you can even have certificates of course completion, which you can publish to your LinkedIn profile if that's what you want. They have a mobile apps so you can learn on the go, so maybe... You want to be on the train and learning how to develop an application. Well, or maybe you're on the train and you want to learn how to use Photoshop or something like that. Well, you can watch these uh, videos on your iPhone, your iPad, or your Android device. Or you can do what I've done where when I've been watching some of the uh, tutorials about Logic Pro to help me with podcast editing, I'll watch the video on my iPad and be actually working in Logic along and sort of going along with the course instructor. Uh, I think that's a really cool way of doing it. Whether you're a beginner or advanced, lynda.com has courses for all experience levels. They have one low monthly price of $25 that gives you unlimited access to over 100,000 tutorials on topics including development, uh, software design, 3D and animation. Maybe you want to learn audio. uh, Maybe you want to learn some business skills. Um, They have stuff on writing as well. Basically everything. With over 100,000 video tutorials, you're bound to find something that you are interested in. But don't just take my word for it. Go try it out for yourself. We've worked with Linda on a deal for listeners of The Pen Addict to get uh, special access to all of their courses for free for seven days. Visit lynda.com slash penaddict. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash penaddict to find out more. And you will find all of the links to that in the show notes for today, which are at relay.fm slash penaddict slash one. One nine. Awesome. I'm gonna have to get. Uh, I'm gonna have to use that code and uh, 
I think my wife would actually enjoy it because they have a lot of the uh, photography, a lot of the uh, mm-hmm. Adobe, Adobe Suite stuff, and uh, she's getting into that. So I think this is a perfect, perfect thing to check out and see if that's something she's interested in because I think that would be a really good fit. So that's I've actually really uh, used I've <clears throat> used a few of their uh, photography tutorials. My, my the college I works at I work at has a subscription, so I can look at all that stuff, and it's mm-hmm. incredibly, uh, incredibly good, well, well made and useful. Thank you, Sam. That's awesome. So that's lynda.com slash panaddict. I feel like I didn't say that clearly enough. <laughs> All right, so I got a really cool email that just cracked me up this week. It's from Alice, and this is her email. She says, my question is related to ink acquisition. Besides my pen hobby, I'm also an avid knitter. When knitters buy and stockpile yarn to a ridiculous degree, we have a term for that, sable, which is S-A-B-L-E which stands for Stash Acquisition Beyond Life Expectancy. <laughs> <laughs> so she has a little little aside there. She says, it happens, all right, don't judge. I think this term can also apply to the acquisition of fountain pen ink. Do you feel like you have more ink than you will ever use in your lifetime? Have you reached Sable? <laughs> I have absolutely... My ink drawer... Or shelf is definitely a sable stash acquisition beyond life expectancy. That's an amazing term for this. Um, how, how about you, John? Are you are are you uh, an ink hoarder? Well, the, you know the point of this is not so that you use your last drop of ink the day you die. It's so that for it's so that every day you can choose something different if you like. So that's right. Uh, with that in mind, there's really no no limit to the number of bottles of ink you can have. I just I just recently discovered I I you know I was off for the summer from school and then I just went back and started teaching again last week and suddenly realized when I returned to my office that uh, I could I could have some pens and ink at work too and so now there's twice as much space as there was <laughs> just a few weeks ago. So I'm nowhere near Sable now. Yeah, I think, uh, and I, I know Mike, you're you're way more uh, under control than I am. I don't know. I have sure. like three bottles, and I already think I've got more than I'm ever going to need. <laughs> <laughs> three bottles. Like I'm not even. I feel like I've not even taken a dent out of any of them. I know. I, I bet you I have thirty if I have one. So it's uh, it's definitely definitely out of hand but uh like john says you know sometimes i want something different or what if my what if they stop selling my favorite ink mike oh imagine imagine the problems why would they why would anyone that makes something that you like stop selling it that doesn't seem right they do it all the time (laughs) sailor just sailor just stop making that sky high sailor sailor doesn't think about what i care (laughs) sailor doesn't think about what i think about their inks they don't care you know, I actually so. have a I actually have a practical excuse for having a lot of ink, which is it's kind of nice when I'm flipping through my notebook to to see that you know if I wrote things on a particular day, it will all be in one color, and then the different days are in different colors. So as I fan back through it, I know how many days I'm going through. That's a great idea, and I saw that kind of in in one of your posts. And we're definitely going to talk about how you how you go through um you know some of your writing uh on a on a day-to-day basis cuz i found it really really interesting but um right. we'll have to we'll have to see uh uh if anyone else uh, in the chat room or any other listeners have reached sable because i i definitely have i mean i've got a legitimate problem and you know i'm going to have to <laughs> i'm going to have to will out some of this <laughs> step one my friend step one is admitting the problem i know i know <laughs> um so a couple other quick things um 
XOXO Fest is this Okay, week moving in- on. <laughs> Are you going to be there, Mike? <laughs> we should meet up. No? You're not going to be there? Okay. So, Are there going to be yeah. special field notes that you're going to share with all of your uh, co-hosts and guests? According to my inbox, yes. Yeah. Because people keep pinging me, hey... Will you pick me up? You need will, you pe- to. will you pick me up some XOXO field notes? Will you pick me up some XOXO field notes? And you know, I'm happy for all these people to reach out to me, but I've told them that there's no way. I, I don't even know what's going to be available. And if I can promise anything to anybody, I don't know what I'm gonna be able to get. Who knows what's even gonna be there? So um I'm I apologize to everyone who's emailed me asking me to pick them up some field notes i just told them that i don't know but if i come home with extras i will let everyone know and maybe we'll figure out a way to uh dish some of them out we can maybe give some away yeah yeah so that'd be good i hope to get a bunch but you just never know but um about a couple of listeners have reached out to me that wanted to meet up in portland um there's the xoxo schedule is so filled up i'm not gonna do like any like um you know any dedicated like pen attic meetup or anything but if you if you're going to if you're going to be in portland or if you live in portland and aren't even going to xoxo definitely email me tweet me something and uh let's meet up while i'm there um there's going to be a bunch of other people i'm already meeting with but um it's going to be super fun and i'm excited so sad and, i'm so sad um, that i'm not gonna be there i know I, and me. i get to, i get to meet our friends uh finally in person mr sean blanc mr matt alexander mr ben brooks uh, maybe Mr. John Gruber, some of these other people that I'm looking forward to meet. Hopefully, uh, Aaron Draplin is manning the uh, the uh, DDC table um, for his field notes because I would like to get him to sign my Butcher Orange field notes, but we'll see. Mm, what a great idea. Yeah. Do you reckon he'll like, punch you in the face when he sees you've used it? Nah. I think, he would, <laughs> I think it, number one, if he did punch me in the face, I think um, my XOX time at XOXO will be done because I will be hospitalized. He's a, he's a big guy. Yeah. Hey, no, I, no. I wouldn't be surprised if he's very surprised at it, very shocked, and then congratulates you. you know? <laughs> and then told you how much money that it's worth in case you don't <laughs> yeah. already know. I think he would be all for it. Yeah. He's got to be all for it. So anyway, I just wanted to get one last mention of that in, and I guess we'll we'll talk about it um, when uh, when I get back in, nah. uh, in a couple in a couple weeks. Nah, and, uh, nah, I won't do we'll, that. We'll taunt you about it. Nah, so nah. you can talk about it, but it won't be with me. <laughs> I'll send you pictures. Thanks, buddy. While I'm there, uh huh. No problem. No problem. So our pin blog of the week this week is a brand new blog by the enabler himself. I can't believe he finally did it. He's told me he's going to be make make a blog for about a year now, and my good I didn't know friend this had happened. My good friend Thomas Hall is now a blogger. Wow! Penucopia.com is his blog. He's going to be making posts um, as uh, as time permits, um, but he has started off with a, with a bang. He has. Um, this is a killer post, by the way. This is my favorite pen post of the of the week from your it's inklings. A, it's totally amazing. He Thomas is so his passion is contagious, and yeah, I know. when he when he was getting this designed, my inbox was full every day. I'd get like five emails from him, you know, with him and Brian Gray from Edison Pens trading designs back and forth. He'd show <laughs> me the Brian was. 
Brian was photographing the pin in progress and sending it to Thomas, and Thomas was sending it to me, uh, saying, "Check this out. Look how it's turning out. Look at it. Look, you know, I got. So I've seen this pin. I, I've, he has not sent it to me to try yet. Uh, maybe one of these years, but uh, yeah. Even in the post, he says, "I started the discussion with Brian in March of 2013. <laughs> so this was this pin's been a long time coming, and him and Brian worked hard on it. And uh, Brian's actually um, making these now." Um, it ended up being a good enough design to where he will he will make somewhat make it for someone if they're interested in getting this double ended pen, but they he goes through Thomas does a great job explaining everything that him and Brian went through to get this pen to work all the design iterations and you can see all the all the pens from Brian that uh, he sent as they went through the process and the end result I thought turned out pretty amazing. Um, one of the last pictures in there, he's got it inked up with two different inks and it's just kind of jaw dropping how this pen looks. So mm-hmm. congratulations to Thomas for getting his blog started and you have all been warned to watch your wallets because he has, uh, he's he made is, me spend he, so much money. He, like, he, he just he's cost me, me a lot of money. He just sends me these emails. He's like, Oh, have you seen this? And I'm like, Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, I found this rare material. Would you like to buy a rod of it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, I still gotta I still gotta get on that. So uh yeah, but Mike and I have teased that a long time ago and um we, we got to uh we've got to get on that. I got um, because... so close, but I haven't been able to, to pull the money together and to get it made. Yep. Maybe yep, maybe so. in, maybe next month. Yeah, that's like the worst tease, but yeah, yeah. I'm gonna uh, work on mine too. But once I get once I get it in progress, I'll spill the beans you know, mm-hmm. on it. But um, yeah, we'll have to wait a little bit longer. So, so yeah, congratulations, Thomas. And um, if all of his posts are like this, we're all going to be amazed and broke at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of happens. So yeah, I I don't know that I would own a I don't know if I would own a Nakaya uh, if it wasn't for him. So mm-hmm. he's he's cost me a, a pretty penny. Well, I wouldn't own so. a Pelican if it wasn't for him because he bought me one. That's true. You know, that's true. It's pretty awesome. Great guy. Great guy. Go yep. check out his blog. Please do. So our second sponsor for this week's episode is actually a couple of guys that Brad might be hanging out with whilst well will be actually hanging out with at XOXO. I hope so. You will be. I can tell you that that they're the awesome guys over at Studio Neat. And today I want to tell you about one of their products that I think pen addicts are going to love. It's one we've spoken about before, and it's called the Cosmonaut. Now, the Cosmonaut is a wide grip stylus that focuses on feel, and oh boy, does it exceed on that promise. Now, I want to get real here for a moment, guys. No matter how much we all try, we know that using a stylus on a tablet is nothing like the feeling of writing on a pen and paper that we love so much. So the question that I want to ask is, why do all styluses or styli, however we want to say it, why do they all try and mimic the design of a pen? Well, when Studio Neat set out to design their own stylus, the Cosmonaut, they discovered that the performance of using a stylus on a tablet was actually more like using a marker on a whiteboard. So that's what they decided to model the Cosmonaut on. The result of their product research and development has ended in a wide grip stylus with a firm tip and rubberized body. The first thing you notice when you pick up the Cosmonaut is that it feels great. It's made from quality materials, it's well balanced and a pleasure to hold. The outside is made of a grippy rubber, which is also waterproof and feels awesome to hold. And the middle is made of solid aluminium or aluminum 
from my American friends. This gives the pen a real good weight. I say a pen, the stylus. It gives a, a real good weight uh, and it makes it feel like a quality product because it is a quality product. Next up is the tip. Studio Neat spent over six months fiddling with the design and material of the tip. If it isn't, it is not too squishy. So it doesn't feel like you're out of control, but it has a fir it's firm enough that it gives you more control and it's accurate and gives you accuracy over your lines. It's it's a good balance that they've made there. A nice side benefit to the Cosmonauts thick design is that it's also great for kids and those with mobility issues. The Cosmonaut supports being gripped in many different ways by many differently sized hands and is comfortable while doing so thanks to the rubberized exterior. I love my Cosmonaut. I bought one as soon as it went on sale, and I've taken great joy in using it. It's a really unique thing that, that, that I love that I love that I have. But look, this isn't all about function. The Cosmonaut is minimal and refined. It kind of looks like a Soviet-era rocket, hence the name. It's all matte black with an aluminium accent on the end that matches your iPad. Simply put, the Cosmonaut is badass. Now, we've got an awesome deal for listeners at the Pen Addict. Head over to studioneat.com and enter the promo code THEPENADDICT, all one word. This is going to get you 10% off anything that you buy at Studio Neat. So not only the Cosmonaut, they also have a bunch of awesome products like the Glyph, the Neat Ice Kits, and so much more. We're talking about all of these over the next couple of weeks on Relay FM. So go find out more about them right now and buy them all. I want to thank Studio Neat for their support of the Pen Addict and Relay FM and for being super cool guys. I love my Cosmonaut. Um, my whole family loves the Cosmonaut. I mean, there's actually fights over it. There's like APBs if someone loses it or misplaces <laughs> it to where you know everyone's on their hands and knees searching for it under the couch or flipping cushions off the uh, off the chairs or something like that. And I remember... When I moved, I moved about two years ago, um, moved houses, and I lost the, my first Cosmonaut um, during the move somehow. It never reappeared, and then ended up having to order a new one, and it was like, while it wasn't around, it was like the worst feeling ever. Everyone uh, everyone loves the Cosmonaut, so uh, it's an awesome product. I didn't, I honestly, I didn't think it would work well for me. I thought it was going to be too wide, but it's got a really... Uh, I guess it's got a really fine range when you're actually using it. It can it can hit like really really fine points on your iPad or phone. Um, I don't use it on the phone, but uh, on the iPad, it's it's fantastic, and then I always have it with me. It's the uh, it's the Mont Blanc 149 of Styli. It's it's seriously seriously good. I I've never used another stylus that was even remotely close to that. So it's a great product, and I, I can't. It's true to the the ability that the iPad has for the detection of tip. It yes. doesn't pretend to be something that it's not. No, yeah, that's exactly. So great. Exactly. It's great. It's great. So I think we should talk a little bit more to our guest, uh, Mr. John Robert Lennon. What do you think, Michael? Hello, Mr. Lennon. Hey, guys. Thanks again for uh, for inviting me on. Hey, we're really, really happy to have you, and thanks for putting up with our uh, our our follow up and news nonsense, which uh, which we have fun with. So it's it's there's always good stuff to talk about. That's a, it's it's fine, and I have to say I'm I'm kind of grappling with a sudden disappointment. I'm feeling that there's not going to be a new episode for me to listen to just as a spectator this week <laughs> because I I already know what is on it because I'm listening to it right now. That's true. So let me, let me ask you, it, you. You have a podcast of your own. It's called the yeah. uh, Lunchbox Podcast with uh, Ed. What's Ed's last name? I'm blanking. Skoog. Ed Skoog. Skoog. Ed Skoog. And I really enjoy that podcast. And oh, thanks. Y'all 
y'all always talk, I mean, both of y'all are writers, and so y'all talk a lot about that, but y'all talk about a, a lot about life stuff, you talk about, you have some great anecdotes, great stories, and it's just a really fun listen, and I have enjoyed it, probably, I probably only picked it up probably 10 or 15 episodes, but I, it's one I don't miss now, I really enjoy oh, great. Y'all's, y'all's conversation, so I was going to ask you, do you go back and listen to your episodes? Uh, I have not. I've occasionally just I'll listen to one to make sure that the technical problems of producing it have been solved. And sometimes they're not, I'm afraid. But um, <laughs> that that actually started because Ed and I, we've known each other for, for a couple of decades. And um, back when we were first getting to know each other, we would have a weekly lunch date and we would just talk, you know, had a, a wide ranging conversation over lunch about books and what we were eating and other stuff. And we used to joke around that we should have a radio show called called Lunchbox, where we just talk and eat lunch. And then, uh, you know, a few years ago, we were talking, and I was like, you know what? That's a thing you can do now. You can just have a radio show. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't listen to it. I, I, I just, I cringe hearing the sound of my own voice. Oh, recorded. I think you sound great. Oh, thank yeah. you. No, I, I don't think I sound terrible. It's just like, yeah. It, yeah. It, you, you, I'm sure you know what it's like. It's like you you listen to yourself when you're talking. You're just talking. You're you're talking off the top of your head. It feels natural, and then you hear yourself stuttering and saying um and uh. And I think I've gotten better at that as I have continued to do podcasts and do public speaking. But um, uh, it can be kind of uh, vexing to listen to. You know, I'm just saying to you're saying to yourself, come on, come on, finish that sentence. I know it, it is tough, and I, probably for the first 20 episodes of the Panic Podcast, I didn't go back and listen to myself. But now I, I'd listen to it once, but not with like a super critical ear because I know I'm not that great at just like, you know, I know I stumble over my words, I know I ramble a lot, so. You know, I, I try to I cut myself some slack and uh, just try to listen to it for the content and see if, you know, there's something I can do better as far as that goes, because I know technically I'm never going to be great. <laughs> but let's let's get into the writing in, in the pen stuff and all that great right. stuff about why we're having you on. And I want to kick it off with and it's, it'll be kind of the uh, the impetus for the rest of this episode. But you did an article for our friend Patrick Roan at The Cramped called Always Open to the Possibility of Writing. Can you can you take a minute tell us how that came up and you know kind of what the the nuts and bolts of that article is for our listeners because I thought it was really really good and, and had some good points. Yeah, well, I, I've always been a fan of uh, of Patrick's more uh, better known site, Minimal Mac, because I, I've always liked computers and digital technology of various kinds, and I I'm kind of a um, process nerd, you know, kind of a workflow nerd, and uh, I like the fact that that website was always about sort of using tools in an efficient way. And when I saw on Twitter that Patrick was starting a, um, you know, a pen and notebook, an analog writing blog, uh, I got really excited and wrote to him and asked if I could write something because there's really not any venue out there that's terribly interested in, you know, people are interested in um, people who read fiction, for instance, are always interested to hear someone talk about writing fiction. But mm-hmm. those people don't necessarily want to hear, like, what, what brand of notebook you're using, you know, <laughs> or, like, what word processor you're typing it into when you're done. Um, so writing on that gave me the opportunity to sort of geek out about my writing process, which has changed this year. I, you know, I've always liked pens and pencils, and uh, but for a long time, about a decade before this year, I mostly did my fiction writing on, um, I would take notes with a pen and pencil often, but uh, pen, uh, pen and notebook. Uh, but I, I would do my writing on a laptop simply because it was efficient and I'm impatient. 
Um, but this year I, I was kind of, I kind of had a bit of writer's block and, um, you know, when I go to, and I'm sure this is the case with you guys too, you use computers when you go to work, when you're doing your not creative work or your not passion work, you know, not to say I'm not passionate about teaching, but it's like, I wanted to separate the the stuff I do at the office from the stuff that I do, um, at home and what I'm trying to write. So, uh, I picked up notebooks and pens again, and thanks to you guys, i picked up far more of them than I expected I would. Um, and, and have taken sorry, not to sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's, it's, been, it's been a great pleasure because I have a couple of other friends here locally where I live who are also uh, into pens and notebooks, and we compare you know, tools. And I've been writing in coffee shops with my wife and with some friends of mine, and it's kind of like uh, when you're sitting there working you know, across a table from somebody, if they're scribbling away... You know, and unlike on a laptop where you can conceal what you're doing, you know, you might you might just be posting on Facebook or you might be writing a novel. Um, you really can't fake it. Uh, well, you could fake it, I guess, but it's harder to fake it when you're writing in a notebook. So there's a little bit of peer pressure to get a little bit done, and the environment of getting things done is um, is positive. So anyway, I I went in this piece all the way back to the the beginning of my writing days when I would, as a child, would write on a manual typewriter in my parents' basement and then uh, eventually graduated to a primitive word processor and uh, kind of talked these days about how I combine um, analog and digital stuff to do what I do. Yeah, that it was uh, a a really great post. And I I wanted, I was definitely going to mention how you've, made that transition, well, not transition, you made it a concerted effort to use pen and paper to write, I guess, in this past year. Like, so you, I'm sure you haven't cut out the computer completely, but really all your novel work and, you know, you're, you're quite prolific. I mean, I'm looking back through all your stuff. I mean, I don't know how someone like you can have writer's block when you're coming out <laughs> I don't know. It seems like I don't know a book a year plus some other stuff, you know, plus uh, you know writing for you know uh, other places. It, it, it writers who put out that much content always amaze me, like how your your brain works. But do do you think this focus on writing with pen and paper really kind of got you out of that rut you were talking about? Yeah, and I don't mean to, you know, I, I think people who really have writer's block, who, you know, have, have spent 10 years struggling to write even a page, are probably screaming in their heads at me right now. Because I, I don't have writer's block in the sense that, um, you know, I can't get anything done. But I did feel that my work had become kind of lackluster and that I was kind of just going through the motions. And I think the change in writing tech kind of uh, re- made me take a step back and remember what the basics of it are and what, what it's all about, if that makes any sense. So I still... Yeah. You know, um, I've been doing first drafts of things in my notebook, but I have been typing them usually at the end of the same day into uh, a you know a word processor file. Um, in part because I want to you know I want to be able to back it up because I'm a little obsessed about losing data or losing my notebook and everything in it. Um, but in part also because it's like an extra draft. You know, the uh, the process of taking the stuff from the notebook and sticking it in the computer is a, a form of rewriting. So by the time it gets onto the screen, it's a little bit more polished and a little bit more organized. And it's kind of nice to have that. So let's talk about the actual 
writing tools you're using? What's what's the current setup right now? And then I want to talk about some of the other some of the other products you've you've talked about on your bro- on your blog, literambivalence.tumblr.com. So we'll have that link in the show notes too for for everyone to check out. Um, all of you do a bunch of you know regular you know writing and commentary on there, and then you also do some um, pen and paper reviews. So what's what's the current setup that uh, is working for you best right now? Well, I usually, um, just for taking notes, I usually have a field notes in my satchel or in my pocket, and I often carry around a um, an AL Sport, a Kaweco AL Sport. Um, and I, 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 this is something I hope we'll talk about later, but I keep, I have the, I think you have one too, the AL Sport Raw, mm-hmm. and I keep it in my pocket, and I make sure it's in the same pocket as the keys and change so that it gets scratched up, because I, I think it's made to be scratched up. Yes. Um, so yeah, if I get any, any ideas, I'll usually write them down in a small notebook. But when I sort of sit down to do a session of working on fiction, I use the Nanami Seven Seas Writer, which I which I wrote about um, on uh, on the blog, uh, and uh, and it's a it's you know that paper that Tomoe River paper is super smooth, but it's also super thin, so uh, it's taking a long time to fill up a notebook. But you know, it's actually it's so thin that it's actually getting visibly thicker as I put more ink <laughs> in it, you know, and the pages are getting kind of crumbly and they, you can kind of see through them. You really feel like there's a big old chunk of writing in there. There's like, you know, eight months of writing in there right now. And it's kind of feels good to pick it up and know all that is, is behind me, you know? Um, and so I'll either work on something in my office at work or at a coffee shop or here in my, um, office or studio at home. Um, and uh, then at the, the end of the day, I'll uh, I'll type it into you know a MacBook. I guess like just about everybody else. So you you mentioned this earlier in looking at your your Seven Cs notebook review. You yep. can tell through your pages that each writing session, I guess, is a different color ink. So you do that on purpose, yeah. right? There's a there's a, a a method to the madness, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly, I just like, uh, I like a little bit of variety in my life. So usually every few weeks I'll, ha- you know, have a, um, I'll have a, you know, a pen, a roll up pen case. Oh, by the way, I've been trying to buy a high tower from you guys and they're always out of stock. So I finally bought a, a sassafras and it came uh-huh. today and it's really nice. So, oh, cool. Here's a, I just want to plumb for the not co sassafras. <laughs> well, very, thanks. Very I, cool. I, I appreciate that. And we're working on those stock levels. We've even hired a new person and we're just, we're we're happy to be that busy, but we know some people are frustrated with uh, our stock levels, so we're working on that. Promise. No, well, it's, I think it's awesome that you're selling out. That's that's <laughs> a good thing. Oh, yes. our store is just so in demand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish it was. I wish it was that dramatic, but it's not. <laughs> guys, you you have no idea what a burden it is to be so pretty. If you guys need to yeah. stop buying from us, <laughs> well, I feel bad because I want I want people to be able to get the cases they want when they want. But I also understand from the business perspective, like where we're at right now in in our uh, hopefully long and illustrious future, we still have a ways to go. So that Jeff we're working to on just that. make yeah. stuff quicker, and then dude, he is so good. I can't <laughs> even. I feel really bad for Jeff because he. He just kills it, and um, it, I love that guy. He is so awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you, thank you, John, for uh, yeah. for saying that. I I appreciate that. So, so what uh, what are you what are you filling up your your pin cases with? Like what? Well, what, that's what I was. What are the pins? I was I was I was sure that you were going to get to that question, so yes. I'm, I'm prepared to answer it. But uh, for the most part, I'll, 
every few weeks I'll I'll refill six, seven, eight pens and I'll just use a different one every day. So the ones I'm really digging lately are I'm really into medium italic nibs at the moment. So mm. uh the the Masayama nib that um Franklin Christoph sells with some of their pens. I have a couple of their pens that have that nib on them. It's so and, good. Um, Oh yeah, it's wonderful, and those their pens feel re- really great. I thought they would be too large for me. Um, I don't have the what's the big one that you got from Mike? Big one we have is the nineteen. Uh, I don't have it's, that one yet. I have the three mm-hmm. and the forty-two. Not the pocket one, but the longer right. one. They need yep. to uh, get better with their naming. <laughs> <laughs> the naming seven, the two point yep. six, the naming twelve nine four. <laughs> yep, it's it's hard. I it's it's sort of in that it's sort of in that Mont Blanc tradition, you know, of just yeah. attaching numbers to things and 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 hoping the prestige will will carry it through. But I think, you know, all things considered it is. I think everything I've seen of theirs is wonderful. So um I've got a a, a vanishing point with a Richard Binder medium metallic nib on it, uh, which I like. So that's usually in the case. Um, Mike, because of your enthusiasm uh, last year for the 540 ROC, I got the reissue of it when it came out, and I'm really enjoying that. The Twisby, what's it called now? The RB 580 RB. Yes. Uh, they uh, they yeah. never. I, it's came. either it's either RB 580 or 580 RB. I can't remember. They yeah. never came out with the uh, USA edition, did they? No, not yet. It it's on the way. There were some some delays of some kind. I think it's a nib thing. I think uh, nib oh. stocks were running low, something like that. I can't remember now, but it's coming. Uh, yeah, I like that one very much. And uh, there's a I got a Twisby Micarta as well, and um, love that pen. Just. I, the Twisby nibs, I have know people have complained about them from time to time, but all the ones I've ever used have been super smooth. And so I love the nib. I think it's a medium on this pen. And it just, I think the Micarta feels amazing. I got a clipless one, mm-hmm. um, but it feels very organic. It's un, it's totally unlike all the other pens I have. So um, yeah, so, uh, so let's talk about this. A, you you uh, emailed me. Oh, sure. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. No, I usually, I usually keep a couple of rollerballs in there too. Um, just in case I, I need to do something like if I'm taking notes where I'm not writing consistently, I don't want it to dry out. I'll, I have a, um, you know, a, a retro 51 tornado, one of the one of the wooden ones. Oh, and John, I, we're like, <laughs> what? We are like, like pen soulmates, me and you. Oh, buddy. <laughs> it's just, you just like everything. Oh, and also there's something we're going to, we're not going to talk about this just yet, but there's another thing that you have. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I must say, when we get to that, that was consciously doing something you did. But I'll we'll get to that, I'm sure. But like, you, everything you're saying, like, you, basically, I'm like, yeah, no, they're great. But he's Retro 51, and it's just like, right, that's it now. I'm using mine again, Brad, because I flew. Yeah. I flew on the weekend, so I swapped uh-huh. out because I never fly with fountain pens. I know people tell me it's fine. I don't want to do it. Won't do it. You never convinced me. So I, I, I had my Retro 51 in the Rotofaden and I've been using it today. God, it yeah. just never gets old. I hear it's there's great. a I hear there's another episode recording after this and we're gonna talk about some of that uh that scared of flying with fountain pens thing. So uh stay tuned. We'll definitely okay. hold that thought. But yeah, we're gonna talk about all these things. We're gonna we're gonna dig in. And I th- this just came up this afternoon when I was uh 
emailing John back and forth. And John, I hope it's okay if I uh, snip a little bit from the email you sent me because I thought yeah, it's yeah. very very pertinent to what we're talking about with the Twisby Micarta and the Caveco AL Sport Raw particularly. So let me yeah, let definitely. me read this little little snippet. Um, this is this is from John, for those who are not following my ramblingness. He says, I bristle a little bit at the excessive care people sometimes take with their writing gear. I like the notion that things are most beautiful, must, and stained and scratched up. I'm super crazy about the way bottled ink stains the Micarta section forever. Not many products make that kind of commitment to permanent evidence of use, you know. It might be interesting to broadly discuss which writing tools are designed to look their best after heavy use. I thought this is a great point. And this is a transition that I made probably in just in the past year, maybe a little bit more, but probably in the past year. I am super OCD anal about like cleanliness and neatness. Like <laughs> everything in order. Like that's what took me so long to even buy my first fountain pen because I was like, oh, fountain pen ink. It's going to get everywhere. It's going to get on my hands. It's going to make a mess <laughs> on my paper. It's going to smudge. It's going to be terrible. So once I got over that, you know, I get into this process of inking a fountain pen. I'm like, oh, let me get all my paper towels and my, you know, make sure everything's sanitized and clean over here so I can ink up a pen and, you know, not make a mess and get it everywhere and get it all over my hands. And now I'm like, every time I get ink on my hands from cleaning a fountain pen, I just smile a little bit and go, (laughs) man, this is fun. This is, this is the way it should be. And I think those two pens that you mentioned are, you're exactly right about how the Twisby Micarta and the AL Sport Raw really get better with use. Yeah, I think they do. I mean, they're they're a pleasure to write with right off the bat, but um, but they you know literally the first time you dip the Micarta if you're if you're refilling it uh, if you don't like you know refill the um the converter out you know without the nib unit assuming you're dipping the nib unit into the into the ink mm-hmm. and you draw the ink in it just immediately soaks into the section so there's a there's a stain there and it never it never goes away you can't get it out yep. and i really like that it's a thing that um the you know the more you use it the more it looks like you use it and there's no getting away from that it, the same thing goes for the al sport raw actually when i when i got that pen brand new and just started using it it would just have a few scratches on it I'm like, I don't get it. I don't really care for this pen. It's not looking really how I want it to look. And then I realized that you actually have to use it more and bang it up more and carry it around in your pocket more. And then it really starts looking good. Like this is a pen that doesn't look good when it's new, honestly. I mean, it looks great and sharp and, you know, all, you know, the mirror shine of the, of the raw finish looks good but that's not what it's made for it's made to be absolutely scratched to the hilt yeah and you know i i of course appreciate a a pen or any other item in my case a guitar or a car or something that has a beautiful finish to it but um something that that is working perfectly but looks as though it has gotten a lot of use is a pleasurable Mm -hmm. sight it's like it, it reminds you all the work that you did with it I totally, totally agree with that. And that's a, that's a mental transition that I've only recently made. And I'm congratulations, ha- man. I'm actually happier for it. Seriously. I mean, you don't, I've stopped worrying about, you know, getting a scratch on a pen, something like that. 
you know, I had um, a student, um, a student having a conference in my office uh, last week, and uh, she saw that I had uh, some fountain pens and inks on the desk, and she, she got interested and said, "Oh, wow, those are really cool. So you, you actually use those?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she said, "Well, how do you, how do you keep from getting ink on your hands?" And I said, "You don't." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right." All right, so I want to get into um, one of Mike's most favorite products in the world. We got one last sponsor to get to, and I definitely want to get this in. So why don't you uh, take it away, Mr. Hurley? I can do. I want to take a quick moment to thank our friends over at Igloo for once again sponsoring The Pen Addict. Igloo is an intranet you'll actually like. It's built with easy-to-use integrated apps like shared calendars, Twitter-like microblogs, file-sharing, task management, and so much more. With Igloo, you can work better together with your co-workers. You're easily able to co-author documents, sharing status updates about who's got the next birthday in the office, if that's what you want to talk about, or what the cake is in the conference room, or whose sandwich that is in the fridge, and manage your projects all in one place. When someone makes a change to an item in igloo notifications are sent in the way that you choose to you directly and a complete version history is maintained making sure that everyone is in sync this keeps you connected and in touch with the things going on in the office but also gives you protection in case bob in accounts accidentally deletes that gif from your presentation just this past week gartner released their famed report magic quadrant for social software in the workplace which just sounds incredible uh, and igloo appears on this report for their sixth consecutive year alongside microsoft ibm google and sap in a report that values the size of the vendor in gartner terms what's known as viability igloo is praised for their responsiveness and customer experience this is an expert uh, excerpt for it sorry from that profile Feedback from Igloo's reference customers was consistently positive. They praised the product, quick de deployment, configuration, and customization, flexibility with self-service options for non-technical users, control over branding and information organization, and ease of use. They also praised the responsiveness of Igloo as an organization. Seriously, guys, what more do you need? If your company has legacy internet built on SharePoint, or old portal technology, you should be giving Igloo a try. Or maybe you just want to be connected in your small business. Well, you can do that too. Igloo is free to use of up to 10 people, and you can sign up right now at igloosoftware.com slash penaddict. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Yeah, Igloo's uh, tagline should be, um, SharePoint is horrible. <laughs> They would, they would just, they would do very well with that tagline. <laughs> I don't know one person that uses SharePoint that actually enjoys it and says, "Oh, this is a great product." So Microsoft anyway. hates them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so John, I've read a lot of your reviews, but I don't know that any of them broke the pen internet like your recent Rotorfaden <laughs> Toshin Big Lighter review. It was everywhere because it. I mean. Let's face it. I mean, it was an awesome review. Thanks. So tell me what prompted the purchase of this, how you use it, why you use it, and kind of kind of, kind of break it all down for us. And then um, we'll, we'll pick up Mike off the floor after he faints. <laughs> well, naturally, I heard about it, I think, like most people uh, in, the, in this community from your podcast, because uh, Mike got his hands in one and talked about it on the, on the, uh, on the Pen Addict. And it's, you know, I have had experiences in the past with, 
like personal organizers and I had a day runner when I was a graduate student. And oh, yeah. I always, you know, I've tr always tried to keep an analog calendar and address book and everything. And I was n never very good at it. And when the digital era came and you know, now that I can sync calendars and, and uh, address books on, you know, on my digital stuff, I just figured I didn't need that kind of thing anymore. Um, but it's just seems so appealing and the clip system seems so great. And I was like, Oh, all this stuff that I stick in my satchel every day when I leave, it could all go in there. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't force you to use a, um, a proprietary format for everything. Um, you know, it doesn't have a proprietary size. You can get it in several different sizes. Uh, it was handmade. It was really beautiful. It had an ingenious system of keeping stuff inside it. And I love the idea of the, um, you know, the clear plastic uh, sleeves where you could put, you know, um, little keepsakes, business cards. You can even just you can even just fold some pieces of paper up and clip them in there. And uh, so finally, when I had a little extra money, I ordered one and it took like three weeks to get here. And um, I was going to get I was going to look through all the colors uh, and pick something unusual. But it just, you know, black and orange just already matched everything I already had. And I and I'm pretty sure Mike, you have a black and orange one, right? Uh, green and orange. Green and orange. Right? I I have what they call the dance floor material, which yeah, is like a, yeah, it's like a linoleum. How is it <laughs> as flexible as leather? Like, do, do you like it? Yeah, yeah, I I love it. I actually prefer it to leather because it's different. It's just this weird kind of rubbery texture, and it's bright green, and then I have orange felt inside. Yeah, um, but you something you said about it, I think. Uh, turns out to be true which is you f you just once you have it in your possession you just find ways to use it yeah and that's the thing about it because it's so like extensible like they you, you basically get pretty much well one you choose how you want it made and we'll talk about that in a moment because yeah. i, I want to know why you picked the, the configuration that you did but then yeah. you can kind of put what you want in it so you've got these clips which you can put notebooks into but you can as you say you can also clip other pieces of paper into it. I got the little plastic, clear plastic wallets that it comes with, so I can sort of slide things in there. And then I clip uh, field notes, arts and sciences, which I can see that you do too. But Rotofarden yep. makes some great notebooks that you can get, but you could basically clip any notebook in there as long as yeah. It I bought fits. that um that crazy notebook they make that's got uh, music staves on one side and something else on <laughs> on the other. It's just some some bizarre combination. I can't remember what's on the other side. Dot grid, maybe. Sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but they're really but they're beautifully made, and this the sewn binding is exposed, so um, it's uh, it just feels like a it feels like a quality handmade artifact, like everything that it came with. So I I think it's just a beautiful item. Yeah. So t so tell us. I'm looking at the the side view photos. Tell us what's actually loaded out in this thing and in the configuration you came up with. Well, I got um. I wanted to carry around the iPad mini in there because when uh, I use that for reading pretty much every day, if I'm not reading an actual physical book, I'm probably reading something on there, especially um, because of my job. I have to read a lot. It's not a burden. I enjoy it, but um, a lot of novels written by my students. So it's like early drafts of novels that we're going to have a meeting and talk about. And the easiest way, you know, instead of hauling around a giant pile of eight and a half by 11 inch paper, I just have them send me a Word document, and then I reformat it so that it will look good on the iPad, and I just read it as an ebook. 
Um, so I need to have that with me all the time. So I got the pocket in the back. I was thinking I might go for, they have two ways to do it. There's like a, one is a felt pocket that you tuck it into. And the other is, um, four pieces of elastic. Yeah. That, that clip, clip the corners. on the yeah. corners. And I think the reason I didn't go for that is that it just didn't look, first of all, it was a little, it looked like it'd be a little fiddly to get the iPad out and put it back in. And also it looked a didn't look strong to me. I know that's irrational and it's probably perfectly strong. Um, but even though I sort of wish the pocket were a little bigger so that I could leave the smart cover on the iPad, uh, it's very secure. Uh, and I never am afraid it's going to fall out of the out of the Tosh McLeader. So I would have um, gone with the choice that you got, but mine was, was bought for me. It was a gift. Oh. Um, so I have the little clips, the elastic clips. And I love it that way because I can use the iPad while it's in there. Oh, oh, good. So you can kind of have the notepads on one side and take notes on the, with the other part. It's it's really easy to get out. You can just like you, you just flick it and it basically can just come out. You just push the t- like two of the sides together and it'll pull out. Putting it back in takes a little bit longer because you have to clip each corner. You know, you have to pull the elastic yeah. over each corner to hold it in. But I can shake it when it's open and the thing don't come out of there. Well, I take some comfort in knowing, and I know this about myself in general, that no matter which of the two options I'd chosen, I would have... I was going to wish I'd gotten the other one. The benefit you that know. you have is you can pull the iPad out without ever opening the thing pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So you got you've got that. So I've got um so I also have some of those uh clear plastic wallets in there, like three of them folded in. And the one nice thing I like about those is you just get as many as you want and you can put them all under one clip. The clip will just hold them all in there at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um I got these um Muji sells these uh they they're ma- they're like these notebook covers and they're made out of the same material like the tag on a pair of Levi's is made out of it's sort of like it's leather like but I think it's actually made of sort of a thick strong paper maybe or a or a sort of rag stock thick rag stock paper and uh, I cut those down to size to make these little folders that could clip in and in one of them I've got a uh, Tomoe River um, like correspondence pad in there that I got from Nanami paper and another one I have is like the as like the cover for the clear plastic thing. So I have like these little folders with stuff in them and that I could put other stuff in them as well. Um, and then in the front, I've got some business cards and I finally found a place to put my, uh, my nerd merit badge, my inbox zero nerd merit <laughs> badge that I bought a couple of years ago. That's um, perfect. And I got some pens clipped in the front pocket as well. Um, and uh, now, now in a now in a vintage pocket protector, which is my new stupid collecting thing, I have a I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah, uh, you sent me the link to this uh, pocket yeah. protector. We'll have to we'll have to put that in the show notes for sure because it's really really sweet. But yeah, this is I'm in a I'm in a notebook transition right now where I can't settle on one thing. Like I've got the Midori Travelers that I haven't been using and I've got the Tash and Beglider that I haven't been using, you know, properly. But looking at something like this, I'm like, this is exactly Wait, what you, I need to. You have huh? one. Yeah. We've talked about this. Have we talk, spoken about this on air? I'm pretty sure because um, uh, one of our listeners sent it to me. He had an extra one. Oh, um, Mr. Uh, Torsten. Mr. Torsten. Do you mean a Tosh and Beglider or a Traveler? A Tosh and Beglider. I bought a Traveler. A listener sent me a Tosh and Beglider. Oh, so what are you what are you doing with yours? What's in it? I'm looking at it. <laughs> oh, Daddy, come on. I know. I, I we haven't we haven't talked about this. No, we haven't. 
Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I have not packed for XOXO yet, but I'm only going to take, you know, like one kind of notebook apparatus. And I was planning on taking the Traveler's Notebook, but I will make a deal and I will take the Tosh and McGlider. Yes. Um, yeah. And I will kit it out and we will do a podcast about uh, me uh, and the Tosh and McGlider road trip. Perfect. Yeah, that deal. That sounds that sounds great. Yeah, you should. Because what because what I find when you're going away, say for the weekend or for a week, or uh, you you can have everything in there that gives you. It's like it's like carrying a little office around with you. You know, if you want to write a letter, yep. you can do that. If yep. you want to if you want to do some editing, you can do that. If you want to take notes, if you want to do some creative writing, like whatever you're working on, you can have a little section that's devoted to it, mm-hmm. and it's all right there for you. My, mine really yeah. comes into its own when I travel because I can kind of put, I put my passport in it. And then I put like all of my papers that I need, like to check in at the hotel. Um, and I have my iPad with me, and I have notebooks. And it just, man, I love this thing so much. It's just a shame yeah, so, that it's so that it's 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 not really accessible for Americans to get their hands on one because it's because it's in euros. It's expensive. It, it's definitely expensive, and you know yeah. it's but it's such a killer product and. You know, I just I, I just have to commit to one thing, and I think for travel it's ideal because I'm need, I don't need just a notebook. Like I I don't want to carry just like a field notes notebook in my back pocket on this trip. You know, because I need to put papers away. I need to carry business cards. I need to carry some extra pens and some just more. It's going to help fit a lot of random things. I need to just stash away, but I just want to have one place to put them, and I I think that's that's probably the key with uh with this and and especially looking at your guys setup so I, I can't believe we haven't talked about this at least in my head we did so um we will we will correct that coming soon so it is it is awesome and that's um that's definitely uh i don't know maybe my my favorite post you've done so far oh, john thanks. so so no pressure on um on <laughs> stepping stepping your game up <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad. I'll try yeah. to try to top it. I know, I know, I know. You're you're so good. Um, <laughs> well, man, I I really appreciate you coming on today, and I think I think we've about covered it. And actually, I could I could continue to talk to you just for hours. You're. I don't well, know, let's do I, it some I, other time. I would love to come back on. Well, we love to have absolutely one hundred percent love to have you yeah. back on. I just I just feel like like you know you and I and Mike and everyone else we just need to go out for a drink and chat and we'd end up like shutting the bar down just we would lose track <laughs> we would lose track of time we just have so much to talk about so I really appreciate you coming on and I want you to take this time now to pimp All yourself right. pimp your books pimp your website <laughs> I, I I'm reading I'm I didn't I haven't finished yet but I'm reading uh pieces for the left hand which was a collection of anecdotes that you that you did um that's yeah, got thank any... you for buying that by the way it's I oh really absolutely it. i have thoroughly enjoyed that and everyone uh should pick up that book for sure just because uh I, I i can vouch for that one it's gotten uh great reviews i've loved the stories i've actually tweeted you a couple times um while i'm yeah. reading i'm like going wait a minute you just blew my mind on this one so oh and you know i sent hey mike did you get the package i sent you yes i did i'm sure oh, I, good, e- good. I emailed you about that didn't i or, or Derek, i don't think so you? no oh i'm sure i did well then, oh, if you're not, a terrible then... person. <laughs> no, I'm sure I sent you a message. I'm 
Oh, I'm I'm I might have missed it, but uh, but uh, yeah, I I I feel like uh, that's a if someone wants to read what I do, that's the book people seem to really like. That's uh um, it's my shortest one, <laughs> and it's in print, and you can get it from Grey Wolf Press or you know whatever bookstore you like, you can order it from. But um, it's a book about 100 really short stories, and um, I've got uh, so you want me to pimp myself? Um, yes, so yeah, please. The, the the blog is called Liter Liter Ambivalence, uh, and you can all the stuff that I do you can find via links at jrobertlennon.com, which is my website. And uh, I've the next book I have coming out is called is called um, See You in Paradise. It's a, a collection of more conventional length short stories, and I'm going to go on a U.S. book tour to oh uh, like Seattle, Portland, Spokane, New York. Uh, Boston, a couple of other places. So I'll, I'll that will all be in November. So if anyone wants to listen to me read or get together for a beer or a meal, that would be a great time to do it. I would love to meet people, and I'll yeah, put that put, on the on the website. Put Atlanta on the radar, and uh, I will get a crowd out there for you. Man, I would love to. Is there like a good independent bookstore that you like to shop at in Atlanta where there are readings? I will find one for you. The first thing I can think of is actually a record store. It's called Criminal Records. <laughs> Oh, perfect. But they do in-store readings and poetry and, as well as music all the time. And they're a huge, huge, um, you know, local uh, independent shop that's really big in the community. So, Well, send me a link to them. I, I would love to come. I, uh, the book tours rarely take me to the south, I think. I don't mm -hmm. know. I actually don't know why. But, um, but there are great bookstores all throughout the south. And I would love to come down there one of these days cool we will work on that so well it has been a pleasure sir i mean this is uh this has been a wonderful show and we appreciate you coming on and we will absolutely 100 percent guarantee we will do this again soon definitely yeah wonderful thanks you guys this was a really great conversation i i uh, look forward to talking to you again absolutely Okay, if you want to find the show notes for this week's episode, go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 119. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Pen Addict. Thank you so much for uh, for our sponsors, for sponsoring us, I guess. Uh, Linda, Studio Neat, and Igloo. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Brad is at Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, and he writes over at penaddict.com. Until then... Say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>